This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have another listener mail episode for you. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Yes. These are always so fun. We love these. Oh, uh-huh. I have to say, oh, listeners, uh, I am currently, I have a rule that before we do listener mail episodes, I try to answer all of the listener mail. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Due to a confluence of factors, um, I am working through that now. Uh. I don't know when this will come out. Um, <laughs> perhaps by then I will have done it. Uh, but currently, yes, I am working through it. I'm working on it. Uh, but we appreciate them. We love that you take the time to send them. Um, so just know uh, we're coming it's going to happen. Yes. Yes. And thank you, Annie, so much for being the human who fields all of these. Always feel free to, you know, just tap, just be like, hey, you do some of that. And I will. But, but. No, it's, it's, it's lovely. I love doing it. I just, uh, Lauren and I, we have a lot of cool things going on. We're guesting on another on Stuff to Blow Your Mind, which is great. Mm-hmm. This is just one of those weeks where I was like, oh. Oh, there's a lot of things. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it will it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. All right. I also, uh, because I've been so frazzled, I have no idea what number of listener mail is. Uh, I checked, and the last two in a row were both number 17, so I think that this oh, is dear. number 19. I think that this one is number 19. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I think that's a failure of mine to um, actually write things down in um, uh, Roman numerals correctly. So that's my bad. Oh, yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky. And it's we're getting up there. Tricky. I mean, but sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Thank you. Like in the beginning, it. it's sort of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but once you start getting up there, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. Well, I am very excited, as always, for my whatever Star Wars pun, play on words, title, we'll go with. Oh, yeah. Because, um, again, we're getting up there, but there is plenty of me to choose from. <laughs> there are increasingly more every year. Uh-huh. Every, uh, wow. <laughs> it's they keep making more stuff, so, you know? It just complements what we're doing right here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... They, we got some really fun ones in here, and they kind of run the gamut. They're all over the place, which I love, because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. our show is like that, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. <laughs> but I wanted to start with this first one, uh, which was just a really quick note from listener Sherwin, and it had the subject line, fish fry, it's a thing in Cincinnati, and then just one sentence, there is even an app to help locate fish fry locations, and then... The link to the app. <laughs> yeah. And huzzah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is for anyone looking for this. It's called the Cincinnati Fish Fry app. You can download it wherever you download things. <laughs> it's like we have to say that at the end of every episode or something. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is fantastic. Because we were kind of talking about in that episode, we focused largely on Wisconsin and the South, but we did say, like, we know it's big in other places. So uh, thank you so much, Sherwin, for sending this Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That it, it indeed is big in other locations. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamie wrote, love the pod and have listened to all of the episodes but never written in. I just listened to the fish fry episode and it made me want to share my favorite Lent fact. My family loves capybaras and while we were reading the information near their exhibit at the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, we were horrified to learn that the Pope had at one point given permission for people to eat capybaras during Lent because they, quote, live an aquatic lifestyle and are therefore fish. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Okay, so I had to look into this. I had to look into this. (laughs) (laughs) It might deserve its own, like, devoted short, but okay, yes. uh, Various popes or other Catholic authorities have made uh, dispensations for capybaras in Venezuela during Lent and for beavers in Quebec and for muskrats in Downriver, Michigan all under similar principles of like, well, it's not a land animal, so it's kind of a fish. It's It, it, it kind of makes weird sense because birds are also counted as like land animals in that case. I don't know. Huh. Oh, no. Now I'm going to get drawn up into some kind of logistic argument in my head that's going <laughs> to do no one any favors. It's going to keep me awake at night. Uh it is interesting because, like we said, we we have several times, I believe, like I believe frog legs and alligator come to mind mm-hmm. where it came up. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, they they don't count. <laughs> and and I, I didn't look into it because, again, we're, we're, we're a little bit busy this week. So, so, right, so maybe future episode. But, like, I'm not entirely sure when the concept of, like, mammals versus other Ooh. kinds of animals really developed um, off the top of my head. So, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, we should definitely look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a thing to read at the zoo as well. (laughs) Uh, It's very intense. (laughs) Quite intense. (laughs) (laughs) Lori wrote about apple butter, and we got a lot of of messages about apple butter. Mm. 
Every fall, my husband's aunt and uncle near Erie, Pennsylvania, would host the family apple butter making. The other aunt and uncle would drive from Ohio. My husband's parents, my husband, and I would drive the two hours north to get there. It was a family event where you visited with aunts, uncles, and cousins. There was plenty of food, conversation, and laughs. Everyone peeled and chopped the apples. The apple butter was made in a giant copper kettle over an open fire. Everyone took turns stirring with the big wooden paddle that had the holes in it. Once the sweet, thick butter was just right, it was put into hot canning jars and water bathed on a gas stove in the shed. When everything was done and all of the equipment was washed, everyone headed home. Over the years, the aunts and uncles, as well as my husband's parents, have passed away. The cousins have become busy with other things or moved away. My son will buy apple butter that has been commercially made, as well as made by various community organizations. He said he has never found any that is like what the family made over an open fire along a creek near Erie. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's so lovely. I mean, it does sound... I I don't particularly have this experience, but I do think a lot of us can relate to the experience of the coming together of family or friends um, and just spending time, like, making something. Yeah. Um, and talking. And people you don't see that often, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and having this kind of, like, well, every year we come together and we do this and, and we get to catch up in that time. And you get something delicious out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really lovely. Um, and it is true, like, when you look back on those things, you're like, oh, that's the best apple butter I've ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Colleen wrote, your episode on apple butter was great. I find a lot of people haven't heard of it. My grandma was Mennonite, so we grew up with it, uh, usually on toast for breakfast. She did put out a dinner table with seven sweets and seven sours, but it usually was for when there were guests. The desserts were set on the table along with the supper. Uh, the sweets were commonly squares, cookies, pie, cake, custard, rice pudding, preserved fruit like plums, cherries, peaches, pears, or applesauce. The sours, uh, different types of pickles, uh, dill, icicle, mustard, gherkins, bread and butter, pickled beets, piccalilli, chutney, possibly sauerkraut, coleslaw, pickled baby corn cobs. So, I have made apple butter with the reduced cider recipe and added cinnamon, ginger, allspice, cloves, nutmeg, or just cinnamon. Uh, my recipes usually call for corn syrup, too, and some substitute pumpkin pulp for the corn syrup, and it's okay. I've also just cored the apples and put them through a sieve or a food mill. Sieve? Sieve? I don't know how to say that. Anyway, okay. A uh, hand crank peeler is awesome. The traditional stuff around here has cinnamon oil in it, usually. There's only one commercial variety we can get in eastern Ontario, uh, Wellesley, apple butter. There's an apple butter and cheese festival there every year. You can bring a clean jug to the cider mill and get a fresh jug of cider right off the press when they're open. I remember being extremely impressed with this as a child, no pun intended. Best use <laughs> for it other than the ones you mentioned? Ice cream. I made homemade ice cream with it. It's an easy recipe made in a KitchenAid churn. Uh, recipe as follows. In one liter mixing cup, pour uh, a can of condensed milk, two or three large spoonfuls of apple butter, and a teaspoon of cinnamon. Top up with a half and half until you've got that one liter full. Stir well and churn to ice cream. Uh, thanks for a thoroughly pleasant podcast. Thanks for a thoroughly pleasant 
email and recipe. Yeah. <laughs> that, mean. that sounds really delicious. Oh my goodness. Um also, yeah, I love I love this like this like specific for guests or visitors kind of yeah. uh seven sweets and seven sours table spread. How wonderful. Yeah. And I also love the cheese and apple butter festival because oh, that is right. a combination you get a lot is actually kind of like apple and cheeses or, mm-hmm. or that kind of combination. And I grew up in a very small tourist town where festivals were pretty big. And I this brought me back to like those kind of like chill, chilly fall nights mm-hmm. where you would have mm-hmm. like your cider and maybe you'd have some kind of apple butter, um, like spiced donut or something. Oh, and you'd have like yeah. your cheese. And it was just so good. <laughs> it felt so much like fall. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. And back when we like kind of had more seasons and uh, yeah. <laughs> you got you got that good crisp fall weather when the leaves were changing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I grew up in the like... You go here to see the leaves change. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just far north of n- north enough of Atlanta that there a are more trees. Not that uh, Atlanta has a lot of trees, but not mm-hmm. like that. Uh, not like mm-hmm. rolling hills of trees that are all changing yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Just far north enough that you're willing to drive there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get yourself some apple butter. Mm-hmm. Some cheese. It's wonderful. Go back to the city. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, we do have even more listener mail for you. Uh, we do. But first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. 
I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with a message from Christine that we're going to split. Um, never, never apologize for writing long messages. And oh. or my complaint at the beginning is more of a work thing. Don't take it as please don't write it. Oh. It's a, I'm so glad you wrote it. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to respond to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you, you, you wish that you had had the time to respond instead of the 29 billion other things that were going on. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but this first, this message from Christine, uh, Christine has written in a couple of times um, about foodways and specifically things in Australia. And in this case, uh, among other things, uh, hot cross buns in Australia, because we discussed like mm-hmm. the, it seemed the tradition was very different. Uh, the timing was very different around hot cross buns in Australia. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, yes, Christine wrote... I managed to acquire one of the gourmet limited edition versions of hot cross buns, a hybrid of hot cross buns and the Australian classic fairy bread. Mm. I'm not sure if Annie ever came across fairy bread while she was in Australia. It's white bread, buttered and then covered in small, round, colored sugar sprinkles known as hundreds and thousands. Every so often, someone tries to use brown bread or different sprinkles. Such acts are heresy. Um, the fairy hot cross bun doesn't have fruit, which is probably a good thing. And the cross is pink. Uh, this is a flavor as well as a color. Um, the packet comes with a sachet of hundreds and thousands. So you can apply them after putting butter on the bun. They're really nice, though, given they're basically finger buns, it was always going to be an easy sell. <laughs> However... They could have used at least twice as big a sachet of 100s and thousands. I filmed a tasting downed with chocolate milk in a Miss Piggy mug, and I'll let you know when I finally load it up to Instagram. <laughs> um, however, my main reason for contacting you was to give you the lowdown on the different sorts of dim sum and yum cha in Australia. The first restaurant you'd recognize as a dim sum restaurant opened in Sydney's Chinatown in the 1970s. However, the different types of dim sum were so entrenched in Australia's food scene that even in Chinatown, it was called a yum cha restaurant. Other yum cha restaurants opened in areas with a strong Chinese population, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. True to the yum cha tag, tea was as important in these establishments as the food. Chinese restaurants have been extremely popular in Australia for years, even though it's only relatively recently authentic Chinese food became as common as the Australianized dishes. Typical yum cha dishes became popular in these restaurants from the 1980s onwards, particularly as the mixed entree. Mm. However, for a long time, yum cha wasn't well known outside of Chinese population centers. She continues, um, this changed in the early 2000s, no doubt in response to Tiny Delights, a food show hosted by Australian living treasure Elizabeth Chong. She is the daughter of William Chen Wing Young, who developed and popularized the dim sim based on the sumai. This is still a staple of fish and chip shops, thanks to that fishing trip that resulted in a deep frying experiment. Elizabeth herself was one of the first Asian people to regularly appear on television to demonstrate the proper cooking of Chinese food, and she helped to demystify a lot of Chinese ingredients. The Young family has a long history in Australia and were early importers of Chinese food. We really owe Elizabeth and her family a lot. 
You may have noticed I've been referring to different types of dim sim. That's because there is the young family version based on the sumai, uh, where the rectangular thin pastry dumpling encases minced pork, prawn, spring onion, and water chestnut, and the South Melbourne dim sim. This dim sim is round, has thicker pastry, with a filling of spiced beef, lamb, pork, and cabbage, and is also available steamed or deep fried. This offering was first available at the Caulfield Market in 1949, sold by Ken Cheng, who, local legend says, came to Australia as one of Douglas MacArthur's chefs. That guy. Though their dim sim recently went national, the Cheng family still has a stall at the South Melbourne markets. And yes, there is a huge debate about whether the Young family dim sims are better than the Cheng family dim sims. There is even a Facebook group devoted to the love of dim sims, of which details where they can be found in regional areas in Australia and overseas. As for my favorite, I can't eat pork, so I haven't eaten either dim sim in years. My personal favorite yum cha dish is sesame prawn toast. There is something about the flavor of prawn and sesame which can't be beat, especially when you deep fry it. Yum. What? <laughs> How have I never had that? <laughs> Sounds so good. Right? I'm not I yeah, I've had I've had shrimpy things with sesame yeah. things, but I don't think I've specifically had the thing that you're talking about. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. I don't believe that I have. So there's a lot I I want to say about this. One, I did have dim sum recently with my friends. We talked about it in that episode where we talked about dim sum and then dim sum. Um and it was lovely. Mm, um, but mm. it was funny because I I also have friends, some who can't eat seafood and some who can't eat pork. So you kind of have to be like, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, You've got to uh, be strategic. About, about, yeah, sure. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see you. Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thank you so much. You always provide such great context and history yeah. of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and we had asked, you know, what Tim Sim and like I said, I don't think I, I had it when I was there, and I oh. don't think I had this fairy bread. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> I, did. I don't think I did. I'm, um. uh, I'm, I'm aware of fairy bread. Um, I think partially through a meme on the internet that compares the zodiac signs to different types <laughs> of oh. sandwiches, and it said that Gemini are like fairy bread. Oh. Which I don't think is wrong. Um, sorry that's about you, it, right? friends. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to look it up and see what kind of sandwich bread I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm sure that I've seen that on some kind of television program before. But at any rate, yeah, um, that sounds, man, I'm so jealous of all of these different types of hot cross buns. I'm like, not that we don't have enough bread here. We have bread aplenty, but heck. Yeah, but yeah. That sounds so cool. These like kind of limited edition flavors yeah. and very interesting, at least to my palate, mm -hmm. uh, combinations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, put that together. Okay. Uh, and yeah. also, I don't think I've ever had lamb in dim sum before. I'm like, that sounds great. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I don't think I have either. I feel like when I was in Australia, I'm. it was largely Indian food, which was great. All good. Sure. Um, but I wish I had, hmm. I wish I had looked for this or known about this or branched out more than that. Um, but yeah, sounds really good to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, so Arik, who writes in a lot, uh, kind of was binging and is now caught up, I think. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome back. <laughs> wrote, Welcome back. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, wrote in about a couple of things. So here's the first message. Yes, I've scuba dove and had sharks and barracuda go by, no worries. <laughs> but we always have to pay more attention to the ocean floor. Hmm. One sushi place near me I trust with sea urchin. Yes, this is in response to our sea urchin episode. Hmm. Uh, We'll have it occasionally on the menu, and I will occasionally treat myself $24 for two pieces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kale. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> the problem is, <laughs> I think it has become so overdone. I mean, there is the one joke about the best way to repair kale. Take a bunch of kale, wash well, place on a cutting board, <laughs> and chop up. Then take the whole board and scrape it into the trash. <laughs> I'll take the other greens in front of it. Nothing against it. Just not my favorite green. If I'm making it, it will usually be in a long, slow cooking meal, something like lentils and dewy sausage and kale. And when you say kale is neutral, is it lawful neutral, chaotic neutral, or true neutral? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Who is the stuff they don't want you to know etymology guy? Is it been? I'd love to see a short etymology weekly podcast, maybe 10 minutes or so on some word. Lauren and whomever it is would be a fun little short. (laughs) Golden syrup is great. As you mentioned, do not, absolutely do not try and use a substitute. It will not taste right. There are a number of great recipes out there for golden syrup glazes that are wonderful. Using it on roasted vegetables opens up another level of flavor. And now I have to search out tapache. Hmm. <laughs> I cannot say I'd heard of it before. Always love the bacteria and yeast poop sound. <laughs> we have <laughs> to see the house. <laughs> love the wood paneled rec room. Need a throwback room. Once again, always love the show. And we still want a live one. Hmm. <laughs> I, I think we could do it. I think we it would be fun. Yeah. We just have to plan it. Yeah. I get I get really anxious about live performance. I feel like you have more experience than I do, certainly in the podcast realm, doing that kind of thing. But no, but it's but yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. Y'all, yeah, I mean, y'all would y'all would be with us. It'd be fine. Yeah. If if our listeners were there, you're cool. Like that's that's gonna be fine. Um, I think it'll be really <laughs> fun. Um, yes. Well, I see your thoughts on kale. I've heard it. I get it. Um, I I recently got an article served to me that was like, <laughs> you need to move on from kale, and I was like, leave me alone. Wow. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Right. But you do you. <laughs> That's a it lot. was it was saying so I didn't even click on it because of course I was bad. <laughs> um but it was like if you like kale, this this one is better for you. And I was like, well, whatever. Yeah. It might not be better for me. Um Yeah, you enjoy cooking with it, so you should cook with it. Yeah. I I and I would posit that kale is a true neutral. That I struggled with this. Yeah. So what are you what's your reasoning? I because it's not chaotic. But yeah, the, but it's the, pretty. But the thing is, is I don't think it's lawful either. I think it can kind of go either way, you know. I think it's yeah. got its own agenda. That's true. I mean, any <laughs> anything that's been used as like a garnish at Pizza Hut, uh-huh. and then 
like a, a super health food, but also on like really expensive fancy burgers. Mm-hmm. Something, yeah, can do a lot. But kale, it, kale's just along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's chaotic. I mean, that's right. a lot. Um, that's a lot. Oh, it's tough as a DM as well. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely. It's a difficult one. <laughs> uh, for all of us. For all of that's us. That's a Dungeons and Dragons reference for anyone who doesn't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of sea urchin, uh, I shared this with Annie off mic last week, but I'll go on and share it with all y'all. Uh, so I went on a, a fancy dinner to a fancy or at least bougie sushi place around Atlanta. And a thing that they had on the menu was a piece of like, like a, like a dish of nigiri with mm-hmm. seared foie gras topped with sea urchin. And yes, I ordered it. <laughs> it was two pieces. It was like 35 bucks and it was so good. It was so good. I, I took a bite and I just started giggling. It was it was so like I had never thought before about how the kind of like funky sweet flavors of those two things could go really well together, but they do. Um, it was just a delight, just an absolute delight. I was jealous. I looked it up immediately afterwards. I was like, when can I get this? Yep. <laughs> And then I told you I took a friend to a fancy sushi place, introduced her to Udi. Our thing is we always get sushi when we hang out, and now she loves it and wants it all the time, and I'm trying to gently be like, not all the time. Oh, is it sometimes food. Yeah. That- <laughs> we can't do that. Because <laughs> I paid for that meal, and so she I don't think she knows, but I'm trying yeah. to be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good. It oh. is delicious. Oh, it's so good. And and mm-hmm. it, and and that did that experience did remind me that I had had good uni before. So here we are. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Arik's second message. Bulgogi. What a dish. So flavorful and diverse. Uh, the episode made me so hungry that the next night I made bulgogi lettuce wraps for dinner. I used a small sirloin for it and made my marinade with rice wine vinegar, mirin, soy sauce, double black soy sauce, sesame oil, fish sauce fresh grated garlic, fresh grated ginger, gochujang, and a small amount of brown sugar, along with the thinly sliced steak, some thinly sliced yellow onion. Cooked up well and was just enjoyable to eat. Had a mix of stuff to put in, a quick pickled radish and carrot, chopped green onion, pickled red onion, peanuts, cilantro, bean sprouts. Thank you for reminding me about it. Always love how you seem to bring up something that just hits the spot. Turmeric is an all-around lovely spice. Just adds a nice touch. Uh, The golden latte can hit the spot so well. Uh, Poorly channeling Lauren, it is like a warm, earthy hug that envelopes you and brings comfort and relaxation. I've added a small amount of turmeric to a ground turkey when making turkey burgers. Adds a little something you didn't know you were missing. Or to nice creamy chicken salad. Do that instead of some curry powder for a little twist. Like you, I'm not a doctor, but it is interesting to read some of the studies being done on it, Uh, like this one where initial reports look good for assisting with osteoarthritis. Um, And I remember hearing about black pepper helping it. Uh, From the article, with that in mind, incorporating the spice regularly into your meals can safely boost your intake. Combining the spice with black pepper may help increase your body's ability to absorb turmeric's beneficial compounds. A substance in black pepper called piperine, uh, when combined with curcumin, with curcumin, that's how it is, yep, yep, has been shown to increase bioavailability by 2,000%. 
Again, I'm not a doctor, but it is interesting, and I think I might add it to more things. And yeah, more Lauren with etymology. I think we need to see if we can sneak an etymology corner into each episode. Uh, now to the listener mail stuff. Christine, take Chuck E. Cheese for what it's designed for, quick food and a place to let the kids get rid of energy. Yes, there are better options for pizza, etc., but at least you know what you're getting into ahead of time. I really wonder how it will play out in that market, though. The Pittsburgh Salad. Yes, we put fries on our salads and sandwiches. It is who we are. When we opened our new office, one of the meeting rooms is actually named Salad Fries. You should definitely try it with a steak salad or a crispy chicken salad. It is something different. Also, love the cookie confusion down south. Finally, it does appear we will be doing a cookie table for my daughter's wedding this fall. Oh, yay! <laughs> wow. Also, wow, I just put together, like, salad fingers. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> salad fries. Salad fries. I, I'm wondering... Oh, I think Some it's things a, might have been happening. I don't know. I don't know. But I but I love I love just the assertion. It is who we are. That's it yep. is. Mm-hmm. Lauren and I did have a long discussion off mic about that as well. And I'm <laughs> I'm into it. I want to try it. I love it. But that is something I never have encountered. Um, <laughs> so I would not know about it. I'm also interested in Chuck E. Cheese in Australia. Yeah. Real curious. So, Christine. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, let us know. Right in. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, clearly, Lauren, this etymology show. I mean. Okay. All right, y'all. So, I have been trying to get an etymology show off the ground here since Caroline Irvin was still at the company. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's like. 2016. N- yeah. Yeah, like eight uh-huh. to nine years ago, um, mm-hmm. possibly longer than that. I have talked many times with Ben Bolin, who is indeed the stuff they don't want you to know etymology guy. And uh, because, right, he's also a super nerd for this kind of thing. I think he's, I feel like he's given me at least one book. I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wish I, this is a thing that I wish I had the the time and the brain space and the uh, go-ahead from my supervisors to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if I ever have either of those first, I'd, like any any of that, either of those mm-hmm. first two things, I'll seek out that third one and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, oh, it would be so good. I really love yeah. it. I really love it. It's just so, language is so weird. Mm-hmm. It is really fun. Um, and I love sometimes I'll encounter something in one of our research and I'll uh, like researching the history of something in our episodes and I'll be like, I'll let Laura do etymology of that. <laughs> uh, like it's a gift, but also it's complicated. So it's like helping me. Um, <laughs> not completely selfless, but <laughs> uh, I think it'd be great. But it's true. Like we used to in like, Eons ago, we used to call it the How Stuff Works curse is that we all, I think like a lot of you listeners, we, we all are very curious mm-hmm. um, and we want to do those things. But clearly, uh, the the time commitment <laughs> can't can always make it work. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is mm-hmm. a full-time job and as full-time as you want to make it. So, Yeah. 
Yeah, but, you know, maybe we could do, maybe some of the shorts could be that. Uh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, uh, sure, sure. And Ben Bolin, as I mentioned recently, he did write into us as, like, a listener. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And was like, ranch still sucks, essentially. Because <laughs> he was in that episode. But it was also like, we should talk about other condiments. So, um, yeah, I think we there's ways we could make it happen that fit maybe our schedules and uh, the show and I don't know something to think about yeah think about. yeah yes <laughs> yes um also I love I love when you listeners write in and you made a meal after after we did a topic and I'm like that sounds so good yeah and you did much better than I did <laughs> which oh, no. was just imagine about how delicious could I order it somewhere yeah, that- <laughs> Um, but that sounds really good um, mm-hmm. the vocal game mm-hmm. um, okay we do have a little bit more listener mail for you we do but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Pronamel not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth salad dressing seltzers and fruits can be enamel enemies So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Randy wrote, Just wondering if you have ever encountered salt-raised bread. It is a bread that uses bacteria to do the raising and not yeast. A friend of mine from Kentucky sent me some that he made because it was a type of bread his mom used to make, Mm -hmm. and he had a hankering for it. 
It was a bit pungent. He proudly said stinky <laughs> and very close-grained but tasty as toast. Not sure if I would want it as a sandwich. I do wonder about the safety of such a thing, though. I survived a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, future episode for sure. Um, and the basic answer to is it safe is once you've put it in an oven at like over 350 degrees for the length of time that it takes to bake a bread, it, you're pretty good to go. That's, yeah, you're going to be okay. Um, also, from what I understand, very basically, yeah, it's it's you're, you're not usually dealing with any kind of strains of uh, pathogenic bacteria that are going into this. So, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely like to look into it. I don't really have much familiarity with this. Um, and I, I mean, I have to say, I connect with you. I'm also someone that's like, I'll try it. And later <laughs> I'll think about the health risk, uh, which... <laughs> Maybe it's not the way to live life. But. Yeah. yeah. You're on the edge. You're having more fun. That's okay. You're just going with to, it. Yeah. I mean, I try to generally not do anything that's really, like, outrageous, but my friends might argue with me. <laughs> you do get a lot of mysterious injuries. That's true. <laughs> my current one is dancing-related, though. So no food was involved. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's definitely we'll have to come back and, and talk about this. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sheldon wrote, If you two had been alive in the early 60s, you would have remembered the wave of Japanese monster movies. When I first heard the word Gorgonzola, I thought it was a Japanese monster. I always thought about the movie that was never made. Gorgonzola, the cheese monster that attacked New York. But I've changed since then, appreciating its taste and have it relatively often. I have to tell you about a great meal with it. I've been involved with volunteer work on the hiking trails in the Adirondack Mountains. Each year, there's an all-woman work crew, and I'm their cook for the weekend. Every few years, I make a pasta dish for their supper after they've been working on a trail all day. The dish is made with a pound of gorgonzola, a pound of butter, and a quart of cream, slowly melted together. Then, cooked pasta, Parmesan cheese, and some tomato cubes are added just before serving. Yes, it's rich. Very rich and high in calories, but those women were doing many hours of hard physical labor, so those calories are quickly burned off. Me, I don't burn many calories cooking in a campground, so I just eat it and get fat. <laughs> hey, sounds good. It sounds, sounds so delicious. good. That sounds amazingly yes. good. Oh, my guy. That sounds mm -hmm. delicious. Oh, gosh. Like, it sounds delicious both in terms of you know, I'm just making this in the campground, but also if someone is hiking, you know, physically tired. Yeah, yeah. You've had oh, a whole wow. physical day and then someone serves you this butter cheese pasta. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I do have a lot of gorgonzola because I got some after the episode. No, so uh -huh. yeah, yeah. This is good. Good. <laughs> some inspiration here. Heck um, yeah. Also, yeah, the gorgonzola cheese monster that attacked New York. I would watch that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I have... Especially because it's a stinky cheese. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I I have... I have a... I, I'm not... I'm not... I've never gotten super into them, but I have a number of friends who are, like, huge Toho fans. And so I am familiar with the, like, 60s Japanese monster genre um, by association. Yeah. 
Really loved Godzilla minus yes. one. It made me cry. It made me cry so much, way more than I thought a Godzilla movie ever would. Uh, it was really beautiful. Oh, it was really beautiful. So good. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. It's very intense. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. I've watched. I've watched a handful, but I haven't seen that one. No. Oh, oh, it's Seek great. Seek it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like them. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this listener mail episode. Whether it be. 18, 19. We're going with 19. Um, but thank you so much for, for making these happen, for taking the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just uh, giving us so much these wonderful stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that some of you, this is your first time writing in. Some of you, you've written in since the beginning. That, yeah. That's amazing. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I happened to be hanging out with super producer Andrew earlier this week, and we were talking about how completely wild it is that. Because it's so – I know I've said this before, and I feel like I say it every heckin' listener mail episode. But, like, it, the job that we have as a day job is very isolated. Like, we are just doing our own thing, and then we just kind of, like, finish. And then, well, I don't know what happens to it after that. Um, but it turns out that some of y'all are are listening to this as part of your daily lives. And that is really – really weird and beautiful. That's just like, mm -hmm. I, I love getting to connect in that way. And so thank you for like showing that there's a connection. <laughs> yes. And honestly, like when you send in, hey, I heard your episode and I went and did this and made this, I might be like, okay, then I want to go, I want to make that. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's such a lovely kind of community that we've built. Um, yeah. So all of us together. So thank you. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Um, and listeners, if you would like to write in uh, again for the first time, uh, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. Thanks to all these listeners for writing in. Mm -hmm. You can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. 
Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.